week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty. A busy few days in sport. Firstly, congratulations to Kira McGeehan, who won silver at the European Championships. In hockey, Ireland sealed their place in the European Championships next year with a 7-0 win over Turkey in their Euro Hockey Championship qualifier. And we'll go through the Women's National League results. Treaty United nil, Galway six. And the visitors had six different goal scorers in this game at Marketsfield. Cork City 3, Sligo Rovers 2 and Ava Mangan with the winner for City hitting a stunning free kick from outside the box with just minutes to go. Wexford Utes 4, DLR Waves 1 and Wexford moved to within two points of leader Shelburne following this win and Athlone Town nil, P-Mount United 2, Karen Duggan and Chloe Maloney with the goals in this third versus fourth clash. And Shelburne had won their opening Champions League clash on Thursday, but unfortunately were defeated on Sunday. Across the water in soccer, it was great to see Cork Saoirse Noonan scoring for Durham in their one-all draw with Sunderland. But there was also a win for the women's rugby team in Japan in their first test. It ended Japan 22, Ireland 57. So on to this week's guest. I was delighted to chat with Ursula Jacob a proud Wexford woman and a woman who loves her sport and knows what she's talking about. First of all, can I just say to you, you are a woman after my own heart. After the camogie, you went for a McDonald's. <laughs> well, sure, look, you know, uh, romance isn't dead anyway when, when, when uh, Brendan's bringing me to McDonald's. Yeah, do you know, after such a long day, you just want something that's quick, quick and easy. And I was like, just going to McDonald's. So off we went. So it was lovely. Exactly. You're a player, now a pundit. Are you now going to maybe sometime we might see you in management? Um, well, look at this was that's kind of cropped up a few times. Uh, now I would have I would have worked with WIT in the past in management, uh, and we won we won an Ashburn Cup. It's something I think down the line I'd I definitely will consider. At the moment, I'm kind of happy enough doing the, the kind of punditry side of things, and the management side of things is is kind of definitely something that will probably spark a bit more in in the future. But at the moment. I, I don't think I'd really have the time or be able to give the commitment that I would need. I'd be wanting to give it my all. And if I if I feel that I wouldn't be able to do that at the moment, I wouldn't put my name in the hat. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, exactly. Looking at your honours, you like won every honour available. And if you include like the Ashburn Cup as well with Camogie. Yeah, look, at I, to be honest, I, I have to say, and I, I've probably become a little bit more reflective about it all since I retired back in March. And I've been very, very fortunate across all levels, um, whether it was with with the club, with the county, with my school, secondary school at Colosh de Breed, with my college, WIT. I've pretty much, you know, ticked the box for, for every kind of honour I could have received uh, or, or won. And I've been very, very fortunate to play with so many greats and uh, the one thing about playing third level camogie with the Ashburn Cup you got to play with girls from other counties that normally would be your oppositions mm. I always really really enjoyed that um, and then I was obviously very very lucky 
once I had finished my career at Wexford, I was coming back to such a strong club with Outer de Balloch and we we had some really magical years and obviously most recently as well we we were very fortunate to, you know to win the club All Ireland and Leinster titles and and county finals so. I think as I was getting older, I was even more appreciating what what we were doing and what we were winning. Um, but as I said, I think I'm becoming that bit more reflective about it all now that I've retired. When you're in the in the whole yeah. madness of it all, you just go from one game to the next. So yeah, look, at, I, I have to say I've been very very lucky, um, and I definitely look back back with a huge amount of satisfaction. And, and I think if you can do that with your career, anyone can do that. If you can look back with a, with satisfaction. Um, that's that's the best kind of reward you can get. You mentioned your club and your last honour was the Club All-Ireland. We won the 2021 in, oh, in yeah. December and then we, we lost the 2021 uh, final in March. I don't look on finishing uh, my career on, on a loss as, as anything too sad. Obviously, you want that fairy tale ending where you go out in a high and you win you win a final or whatever. But the All-Ireland we won back in December, 2020 Club All-Ireland, was probably the most special, sweetest victory I've probably ever had because us as, as players, uh, we had to fight so hard for those games to actually take place. Um, they were going to be cancelled due to COVID and Credit to all the clubs that were involved at the time. Um, they all kind of fought very strongly as a unit saying, no, these games can and should take place. And thankfully they did and it worked out brilliantly. And it was a real fairy tale period for, for Owler Camogie because we, we seem to be gathering such momentum mm. and it was a real community thing. And also the fact that everyone was still going through such difficult times with COVID. It gave everyone in the parish, including, you know, the elderly and my parents and every, all the other players, parents and families. It gave everyone a distraction and a focus. And every week it was going from one game to the next. And the, the crowds at the matches seemed to get bigger and bigger because everyone was enjoying them so much. So to win an All-Ireland, you know, um, on the 18th of December, a week before Christmas, isn't isn't a bad Christmas present for any of it. Just talking to you and listening to you, you love your county but where you're from, and I think for most people, I know for myself, your club is special. What's it like, not even just to tug out for them, but to win that All-Ireland with your club? I always took great pride and honour in representing my county, but uh, it's it's hard to describe how much it means to, to, to tug out for your club and wear the, the colours of, you know, red and black for Owlert. And I've always, always, I've never taken it for granted, you know, playing with Owlert because we're a fantastic club I, I have no problem in saying that uh, there's brilliant people involved in the committee chairpersons but the supporters and I suppose it's the, the one place where you're playing with the girls that you've grown up with went to school with right from primary school up to secondary school there's so many sisters involved cousins relatives so it becomes a really close family unit and yeah, there's times where you'd probably kill each other in the in the training pitch, but I think that that's part and parcel of it too. Because look, I played for years with my sister Helena, and we're we're the best of friends, but we'd kill each other too. But then, if anyone did anything to each other, you know, we'd we'd back each other up. And I think that's one thing we can always say in Owler to Balak. We we always have each other's back, and just a very special bond between all the players and even the management teams as well over the years. And 
you know, we're very fortunate that we won three senior club All-Irelands and eight Leinsters and 14 county titles in the past kind of 20 years. And a lot of the same girls have been involved in those, you know, wins. And it shows the kind of longevity and the consistency of the club and the team over the last kind of 20 years or so. But yeah, I, I definitely take immense pride in the fact that I'd always mention that I play with Owlert Balak. I'm from Owlert and I'm very proud of that as well. Exactly. You mentioned your family and steeped in GAA, so I'd say it must have been great crack now growing up there. <laughs> well, so look, at, uh, with, with Dad playing <coughs> hurling with Owlert and, and Wexford, and then my mum, a former Camogie player as well, I suppose we probably didn't have much choice other than um, getting into hurling and Camogie, but there was never any sense of pressure or anything for mum or dad. They always, you know, when we were younger, we tried out different things like gymnastics and other sports. And we all just kind of fell in love with kind of hurling and camogie. And the thing was, you know, out the front lawn, we're lucky we have a nice big front lawn. We used to play mini All-Irelands out there and our neighbours over the road were, were Mark and Keith Roster, you know, and they both hurled with Owlert and Wexford and we just kind of, you know, myself and my sister got stuck in with the lads and it was, we were treated no different and, you know, our family kind of trips to places were, were to matches. We probably didn't go on, like we didn't go on summer holidays abroad. We went to Crow Park or we went to Wexford Park or whatever and they're the memories that you kind of, that live with you too and we're all very lucky that we all got to represent Wexford, you know, in Hurling and Camogie, and we all played uh, with Owlert uh, throughout the years as well. So the lads would always have been very supportive of me and Helena, and likewise when they were Hurling. So uh, mum and dad at times, I, I think I only re- really look at it now and I'm like, how did they manage to bring us everywhere, go to all our matches, still work um, and do it all, but um, sure they wouldn't have it any other way either and they, they still love going to all the matches. If you had advice for any youngster, starting off because you started playing from a young age yeah I, I God, I, I started I'd say sure, I was probably five or six mm. when I started first with the club at that age you love the social aspect of it and you're you're with your friends and your school friends and you know you're, you, you get to play a match and wear your jersey and all that Firstly, at that age, you have to look for the enjoyment element of it because if you're not enjoying it at that age, you won't stick at it. And then, I suppose, uh, the one thing that kind of stood to me and other players was we didn't just, like, play the game when we were training or had matches. We always actively were practising. And that was a big thing for us. Like, we were always in the pitch or against the ball wall or whatever. And that's where you hone in on the skills. That's where you get better because you have to have that kind of sense of drive and determination in yourself because you can't be reliant on everyone else to push you on or drive you on drive you on and um, I think that's the biggest thing having that kind of motivation yourself if there's an area that you think you need to work on or improve on you know even 20 minutes extra every day if it's working on your fitness working on your striking or whatever Um, and, and, and that's where you get better because it's the extra little you know percentages that that all add up and that's probably the best advice and then also I would always say, you know, have a huge amount of respect for anyone that's training or coaching you. Listen to what they're saying because 
they're there to help you they're there to you know improve you as a player um, and they deserve that kind of respect as well so I would always say to anyone you know young or as at senior level always respect those who are over you um, and I think you know if you can do that you can go along in your career too yeah respect is a big thing and I'm just going to go on then to something else there's an old saying you know sticks and stones may break my bones but I like putting after it but names can be more hurtful and you had to come out which was sad you had to come out and make a statement about trolls earlier this year as I've probably previously said to other people it was probably one of the most if not the most difficult thing I probably ever had to do in terms of really putting myself out there but it it got to got to a stage where you know it was affecting me in my personal life I was after you know working on the telly the day before and I was getting upset the next day and it was affecting a day where I was meant to be relaxed and just enjoying my, my Sunday um you know, relaxation. Mm. And I, I kind of said to myself, look, I was very upset on the Sunday. And I, I just said, it, it's kind of getting to the stage where enough is enough. And there's only so much kind of, ah, yeah, stay quiet, you know, don't mind them, ignore that. But uh, for me, the more I thought about it, how does that ever solve anything? Or mm. how does that ever make you feel better if you constantly try to just push it to the end of the barrel? So I, I just got very determined then the, the following day where I kind of said well look I've played camogie all my life and when I was out in the pitch I wouldn't allow someone bully or intimidate me so I kind of got the little bit of determination and fighting me the next day and that's where the whole kind of statement that I put out came, came from and look I don't think my statement is going to like save the world mm. or, or stop trolls but I definitely feel like I've gained a lot of power since then and I feel a lot better myself. You know, I know I'm doing a good job. I've got great friends and family around me and that's the most important thing. But it also, one thing I, I th- think I can really take from um, putting out that statement, the outpouring of yeah. support I received, the outpouring of good, kind, genuine people out there. You know, this is 1% of people, but unfortunately it can stick in your mind that 1% of nastiness. I just do think there's power in numbers. I think the more the people come out and, and call these people out, um, the less power they have. And I've had like text messages, phone calls, letters, cards written to me really unexpectedly. I wasn't thinking people would go to that effort, you know, commending me on what I did and, and saying, you know, that they have daughters and sons growing up and they look they look up to the likes of me yeah. on the telly. And if, if younger people can see that, if, you know, that sometimes you need to stand up for yourself and bullies can't have that power, um, you know. And the, the thing is, I feel better for it. Um, and if it has helped one or two people, well, that's brilliant. If it makes some of these trolls or bullies or cowards think before they, they, they do something like this again, well, that's that's a, a big thing as well. But look, social media is brilliant in so, so many ways, but it does have that kind of nasty, toxic element too that is very dangerous. And thankfully, look, I'm very strong. I've got lots of great people around me, but I would worry if there was someone a little bit more mm-hmm. vulnerable and weren't able to deal with it. So I just think we all need to be that little bit more aware. Would would these people say those nasty comments to me face to face walking along the street? Probably not. They'd probably just walk past me and that would be it. So I I would just really urge and encourage anyone that will be thinking 
um, of sending anything nasty to people, you know, really just think. And if it's not going to benefit anyone, why say it? Yeah, you mentioned with social media and it can be absolutely great, but you can also see that ugly side to it. And so many times this year or in the last couple of years, you've seen with players in England getting abuse after matches. It, it, it's a lot wider than, you know, Ursula Jacob and what went on with me. It's it's right across the board in all sports, but also more, even more worryingly, like, you know, younger people and in schools and that kind of online bullying. Like, it's a huge issue. Um, it definitely needs to be tackled. Um, it's kind of getting out of control, to be honest. And I, I do think there needs to be kind of kind of strict measures in place, too, because, to be honest, no one deserves it. Like, whether you're a GA player, a soccer player, a rugby player, male or female, referees, I'm including everyone in this. No one deserves... Yes, you can be happy, unhappy with, like, a result or... A decision made by a ref or if a player p- plays bad or if someone like me makes a comment about you know a team's performance but why does it need to turn into a personal mm-hmm. nasty attack that's the that's the fine line um you know as i said i've no problem in someone criticizing what i'm saying they make everyone is not going to agree with me everyone's not going to like me that's fully acceptable but it's what is not acceptable is when the likes of me or anyone else is getting abused or personal attacks or personal nasty comments about me um that that's not deserving no one deserves that um and you can see the pressures on on players big time and you're kind of wondering you know why why would they why would they continue if if this is the way if this is the way forward from so-called supporters or fans or whatever but I try to remember and say into my head, and even since I put out that post, there are so many good people out yeah. there. So I, I try to, I try to kind of focus on that more so than anything. And I think since I put out my post, um, I've, I've just been really overwhelmed and shocked by the amount of people who, who reached out to me. So I, I hope things are going to change for the better, but we've a long way to go. Well, listen, you're a kick-ass female. We have really good friends down in Wexford. And you're a proud people. I have to say that I love the Wexford accent. And for someone to actually just nitpick and the fact that you're a woman and the fact that you're from somewhere. I remember years ago, you know, we used to get bogger accent because I was from Granard and that. To nitpick, I think that's basically it. They just have to find some kind of fault. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Sure, they they can't they they can't target me for my analysis or yes. knowledge because they know that's up to scratch. So let's let's go to the the other areas we can nitpick on, and and that's the easy one is you know uh, she's a woman, and the second one is usher look we don't like her accent or whatever. As I said repeatedly now in the last couple of weeks. I'm not looking to change either. I'm not looking to change from being a woman and I'm not looking to change my accent. I'm very proud uh, to be a Wexford woman. Um, I'm very proud of where I I come from. You know, I'm not going to shy away from that either. And, you know, even though I got upset initially and I was contemplating, you know, kind of quitting and saying this is not worth the effort and the, the kind of abuse, but then I was like, sure, I'm only letting them win by giving into it. So, that's kind of that comes from the whole playing sport and having that little determination and all as well in you where you, you kind of say no that, that I'm not going back down to these cowards and um, because these people are usually the type of people who've achieved very very little in their lives and they're there just hiding behind a computer or a laptop or a phone 
Um, and they're actually not brave enough to say these things to someone's face, but they'll go online behind an anonymous account and make up make up stuff just to kind of um, get a reaction from certain people. But look, those people don't deserve a whole lot of time either. Unfortunately, you know, they have to find some way of trying to knock people. And there is that level of begrudgery as well. But um, again, as I said, there's lots of goodness out there too. The punditry, how did you manage to get into it? Just looking at you, you know the game, you've played the game, you love the game and you actually love then doing the analysis. Yeah, it's a, it's a completely different um, aspect to the game um, and it, it took me out of my comfort zone as well because I wouldn't have had any previous experience of working in the media or doing the analysis work behind the scenes or anything. But it's been a huge learning curve and one that I've really, really enjoyed for the most part. Um, and I've been doing it now four years. It was kind of nearly fell in it fell in by accident uh, getting to do it I, I first started doing the Camogie Championship Games um, I was doing a kind of preview for the Camogie Association and I was up in Crow Park doing it and um, a, a lady called Kleena from RT approached me saying would I be interested in working on the the live games for the Camogie Championship that year in 2018 and I got I jumped at the chance immediately because it was one way for me to stay involved in the game but in a different capacity so that was 2018 and things went well and I really enjoyed it and I got a kind of adrenaline rush from from working on the television and I really enjoyed it so 2019 came along then and we got myself and a few of the other females got approached to um, do the hurling side of things as well and I initially genuinely thought Asher, they won't really have us on. They might have us on for an odd game or whatever. But it ended up that that year in 2019, um, you know, I was on for the first double header in the Munster Hurling Championship, and that was a huge deal because they're such big, massive games with huge viewing figures. And I remember feeling quite nervous in the in the lead up to that day, but. I was working along, alongside Anthony Daly and Jackie Tyrrell that day and Joanne Cantwell and sure they were all yeah. so brilliant and supportive but kind of since then it's gone from strength to strength you know we've we've had a couple of uh, strange years with, with COVID but this year kind of things really got back on track where the championship took place as normal and it was fairly relentless over the last kind of 13, 14 weeks um, between the Hurling and Camogie Championship it is. It, it can be very draining in some ways uh, because you're constantly keeping up to date and up to speed with what's going on with all the camogie teams, all the hurling teams, and your your knowledge does have to, you know, have a fair span of knowledge across all the games and whatever. But I enjoy the challenge. I love working with the guys or any of the the girls as well with the with camogie and. As I said, it's no harm sometimes to take yourself out of the comfort zone. And I'm very proud of the fact that I I did do it and I I continue to do it because, you know, I'm working full time as well. And up until this year, I was was playing camogie myself. So I was juggling a lot of balls at at the one time. But I consider myself a very organized person and I get through a huge amount of work as well when, when it needs to be. So, look, it's been a really enjoyable four years and... It's hard to believe how quickly time has passed by as well, but um, yeah, it's it's been it's been really brilliant. Apart from your husband taking you to McDonald's after Cluggy <laughs> Finals, how do you relax? I'm sure sport plays a huge part in your life, and you probably enjoy watching other sports. But 
How else does Ursula relax? Yeah, well, look at your sport takes up the majority of time, all right. But um, look, I think any time I get to hang out with friends, whether it's going for a nice meal or um, I really, really find going to the cinema is one way for me to unwind and switch off, which is kind of funny because you're you're kind of actively watching a screen. Yeah. Um, but yet I feel like once I go into a cinema, I can just anything that's bothering me, annoying me, upsetting me, whatever, I can just unwind and switch off and I love it I, I, I love going to the cinema I also have to say I'm fairly guilty with the old shopping sprees at times I find shopping uh, myself and my sister now we, it's therapeutic Ursula it is that's that's the only way I can say it, uh, that it's therapeutic it's relaxing like some people would find no they wouldn't they wouldn't like it but I love just I love clothes I love fashion um, and myself and my sister could probably go off for a day six seven hours later and we'd be still <laughs> shopping so that that's definitely one way that I another way that I love relaxing and then like when I would have when I find a little bit more time I do love going uh, on holidays or traveling and I've kind of done that a little bit more in the last few years when I was really in the tick of playing with Wexford Camogie um, at the height of that I never went on any summer holidays and you know because I was so focused and dedicated but now I, I found myself in the last few years you know going going on more kind of you know city breaks and, and, and other holidays as well so that's definitely relaxing but uh, unfortunately, I don't get to go on them that often. So the cinema and the shopping has to ha- have to be the main two. Then, well, you're going to enter a new chapter in your life. You've done the playing. You've been a sister, a daughter, a, a friend, a cousin, a wife, and you're going to be a mama. Yeah, the the countdown is well and truly on now. So even even when I uh, finished the the camogie finals on Sunday, I was kind of like I took a deep breath and I said. Now I can kind of relax because, as I said, the last kind of 13, 14 weeks between the Hurling and Camogie Championship, it's just been relentless and I've gone from one game to the next and each weekend it was another game. So now I've got, you know, the next kind of, you know, seven or seven weeks or that to really just kind of enjoy the build up and try to relax a little bit and do things I haven't got to do over the last couple of weeks. But look, myself and Brendan are fully excited and can't wait for the whole new experience it's going to be I'm, I'm talking about a challenge and taking myself out of my comfort zone well this will be the biggest challenge going but it's one that I'm really excited about and, and can't wait and as long as everything is healthy and happy and uh, that's that's the main thing but there's great excitement and it'll be a, an exciting chapter and it's it's a great focus to have now over the next few weeks as well so um, if the heat doesn't kill me between now and then I'll, I'm sure it'll all go great and the fact that uh, Brendan with Westmead you'll have to get a half and half because uh, Westmead had a very good year this year in the hurling yeah and sure look we, we had the crack about that when Wexford and Westmead uh, played each other we, we headed up to, to Mullingar to watch the game and we, we brought my parents up and sure dad was slagging Brendan saying oh Wexford are going to win and Brendan kind of half joking he said no no it's going to be a draw and sure it ended up being a draw so it was a long journey back to, to Wexford <laughs> that evening but I think we've picked out so many jerseys for this for this baby Wexford Westmead Ireland um, everything so they'll be they'll be a, a fashionista anyway but um, yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely have to have some some a Wexford 
Jersey and a Westmead jersey anyway. Wexford for the camogie and Westmead for the hurling or something like that maybe? <laughs> yeah, which well, look, is the, it's all about compromise anyway, isn't it? So we we may, uh, we, we'll have to, it'll, it'll just get interesting when Wexford play Westmead <laughs> in, in hurling or camogie or whatever. So um, look, sure, that's part and parcel of the fun and the crack too, like that you, you can have that kind of, and that's the brilliant thing about GA too, isn't it? I'll that, say that to you, yeah. The rivalry, yeah. it's not a rivalry, it's more like a friendly banter really that's it and and that's that's the brilliant thing if you're at a game Wexford fans can sit yeah. openly beside Westmead fans or wh- whoever there's no issues there's no hassle um, and that's that's what you want and at the end of the day you know GA is a massive part of loads or loads of our lives and um Everyone wants to win, and that's understandable. But look at your, you can't win everything. And I think you have to put that kind of into perspective, too, that there's there's a lot more going on out there as well, that GA and sport is brilliant. But, you know, the, the important things in life is still people's health and happiness and that. So, you know, and family is so important as well. Exactly. Listen, you take care of yourself. Enjoy the rest of the pregnancy. We'll all be keeping an eye to see if it's a little... <laughs> or a hurler or uh, a soccer player because Brendan likes his soccer so he, he loves his soccer so um, they're, they're tipped for something anyway but look as I say you know everyone obviously automatically say, oh it'll be the next hurler or camogie player whatever. might be interested uh, at all that's it uh, to be honest I I don't have any problem with that as long as they have an interest in something and they're happy and healthy so um, look we won't be putting any pressure on them but I'll definitely I'll definitely make sure they have an Owlers in Wexford jersey though <laughs> So this weekend Ireland take on Japan in the second test on Saturday in the rugby in the Women's National League at 4pm DLR Waves take on Cork City P-Mount United play Treaty United and that game kicks off at 5pm Bowes and Wexford Youths clash at 6pm. At 7, it's the meeting of Athlone Town and Sligo Rovers. And then at 7.35, Galway play leaders Shelburne. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Medell Healthcare. So until next week, Sligo Rovers.